Well, hello and welcome. Thanks for joining me. This is Ross Jones, your business coach with my weekly podcast show, Bold Business Bits, coming to you from Yorkshire. This is where I have a great conversation with a phenomenal female business boss. We share some of the bold stuff they do, lessons they've learned, adversities they've overcome and the fun they have. And then I'll be dipping into my toolkit and sharing a top tip. Business can be lonely, so make sure you join us each week and be part of our show. Welcome to episode 22 of Ros Jones' Bold Business Bits podcast show. This is where I speak with Joanne Spittle of Wear & Co. Joanne is a great example of a phenomenal female business boss in Yorkshire that my podcast show seeks to celebrate. She was crystal clear from a very early age about her intention of becoming a solicitor. Joanne has owned her own legal practice and is now a director at a leading York legal practice. It's certainly not all about work, though. She's juggled her career with bringing up a family, contributes to charities and plays a leading role in helping residential property landlords and agricultural professions keep up to date with the law. She takes time to look after her health and gives sound advice on the qualities we need to foster to get on with our neighbours and to work well as a team. Listen on and enjoy our show. Hi, Joanne. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you very much for asking me to ah, be involved. Good. So Ware & Kay is a law firm. Tell me a bit about Ware & Kay law firm, Joanne, and, and how long you've been here and what made you join? Ware & Kay is a fully serviced law firm, which means we deal with the full range of legal services. And we have three offices in York and Weatherby and Moulton. We have a particularly strong private client and agricultural sector and that was one of the reasons that attracted me to the firm. I've been farmers. here... Farmers. Yeah. Farmers, yes, and landowners. Yeah. And I've been here just over three months. Ah, very, early, that's very new. What made you join? I'd previously had my own business, which I joined in 1990 and became a, a partner, a firm called Dennis & Till. We merged with a larger firm about five years ago, and there was a big cultural change then, and I like a smaller firm where you're more hands-on and a different type of client and client base. Where and Kay is really well respected. I knew a lot of the people here and it was just a super opportunity. Fantastic. And so your position here is? I'm a director and I'm head of the litigation department. Okay. So litigation, that's interesting because I, I used to work for a law firm many, many years ago and we had a litigation department, but now I hear this term dispute resolution. But I'm quite intrigued that you've kept the term litigation. I prefer that. Dispute resolution is, is a very popular way of describing <laughs> the same thing, really. <laughs> litigation perhaps sounds a bit scary to some people. Yeah. And when people have disputes, it doesn't always end up in court or in a tribunal. And my emphasis is on trying to resolve the dispute. In fact, trying to stop the dispute happening in the first place. Yeah. Uh, and so hence dispute resolution. Yeah. Okay. So... Cast your mind back, Joanne. I want to know why you chose to be in the law. Actually, I decided I wanted to be a lawyer when I was about 10 years old. Oh, wow. And <laughs> I became obsessed with watching Crown Court on the television, which some of your younger listeners may not remember. But I always wanted to be involved uh, in the court process. And I was completely single-minded about it and uh, never really considered anything else. Went off to university to, uh, to study law and then became a solicitor originally in Birmingham, where I joined a, a small firm. I was the only lady solicitor there. 
which is quite common in a lot of firms, although it is improving. In fact, in this firm, there are five directors and two of them are ladies. So that's a good percentage. Okay, brilliant. So and how did you find it when you were at university, for, for example? Is it, was it very male-dominated then? I think since the 80s, I, there have been an increasing number of women qualifying as professionals, surveyors, accountants and solicitors. And although there's a significantly high proportion of ladies in the law, there's not such a high proportion of ladies who are partners, which yeah. which mm-hmm. I think is probably represented through our business, isn't business, it? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Business and yeah, all areas. So what's it like being a woman in the law? It's great. <laughs> it's great. I think I think women make good lawyers because they are so good at managing to do lots of things at the same time. And that's what you need to be able to do to be a good lawyer. Be clear in your thought process and be able to juggle lots of things. Hmm. What would you say or what have you found or seen to be the main challenges for women in the law? Definitely the male culture, particularly Hmm. in a big firm. Uh, And I think that does make a different atmosphere, I think, it's a bit more macho, a bit more aggressive. Where the female solicitors make a difference in a business is to make it a, a perhaps a nicer atmosphere to work in, a more collaborative. Yeah, yeah. I was interested in when you said you were single-minded about becoming a lawyer. So did you never swerve from that idea? No, I, and I wouldn't listen to anybody about <laughs> it either. So I'd made up my mind that I wanted to go to Sheffield University to study law, and that's what I did. Excellent. But sometimes it's good to have a, a goal, isn't it, and then be single-minded about it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I remember when I was very small, I wanted to be a teacher. I was absolutely obsessed with the idea, but then when it came to doing my PGC, I just realised that I didn't particularly uh, like children. <laughs> so that was a bit of a disadvantage. But how, however, now I'm a coach, and so I, I coach and teach adults, which is, a, which is better so in business, so that's better. Are you single-minded in everything you do, or is it just about the law? No, I, I'm quite a different person outside of, of work. I'm very good at managing other people's affairs and being very organised, but I, I'm not quite the same when it comes to me. Anything about me that needs addressing, it tends to get right to the bottom of the, okay. of the pile. Interesting. So. Yeah. So, but I know that you're involved in lots of other stuff outside of work. So tell us a bit more about that, Joanne. I really like contributing and getting involved in charities or committees so that's something that I've I've always done right from being 23 years old when I was elected as a, as a district councillor in the West Midlands so I'm very involved with property I'm on the committee of York Residential Landlords Association which is an organisation which as well as representing and being a voice for landlords in York, we also carry out lots of training to make sure that we have the very best landlords in the residential sector. Do you mind me, sorry to interrupt you, Joanne, why did you join that committee? Because you're, you know, you're not a property lawyer. I, I deal with a lot of property litigation. Of disputes, yeah. Yes, yeah. so yeah. about probably about 70% of okay. what I do is involved with property disputes. So I'm a fellow of the Agricultural Law Association, so I deal with agricultural disputes. But I also do 
commercial and residential landlord and tenant disputes so yeah. a, a full range yeah. so that's what led me into it and just enjoying doing presentations for landlords and training them and helping them to uh, to be better landlords yeah what's their main challenges I can sort of assume some but I don't want to assume so what are, what would you, what are their main challenges in, I think the York? main challenges for landlords in in York are, are the same really as a, as a lot of landlords across the country because there's been a whole wave of legislation aimed at residential landlords seeking to address some of the poor landlords that you get in big cities, particularly in London, whereas landlords in York are actually jolly good and do try to comply with the law. And so all of this legislation has really impacted on good landlords and a lot of them are actually uh, leaving the sector because it's too onerous now owning and renting out a property yeah that's this is the thing isn't it when you make these we make these policies it's like corporate you know business law that really is i in my opinion it's okay for the big corporates but when you try and apply it to smaller smes small and medium-sized businesses which make up 98 percent of the of our economy it just seems madness sometimes I think but anyway that's just my little uh, opinion in there well it adds to expense as well and that gets passed on to somebody yeah absolutely and I think also in your interests you have something to do with the theatre don't you I used to be a director and trustee of York Theatre Royal I did that for about four or five years which was absolutely fantastic but I I think sometimes when you're involved in an organisation you contribute a lot and then maybe it's time for you to move on and let somebody else come in and have new ideas so at the moment I'm I'm involved with the residential landlords I'm also involved with an organisation which provides training for agricultural professionals why why do you do that on top of your day job well a long time ago, I found myself moaning about something. Why doesn't somebody do something about this? And I thought, actually, who's going to do something? It needs people to, to get involved and, and to do something about things. So that's why. And I can't help myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You can't help yourself. Excellent. So um, what's the plans going forward then in the life of Joanne? In the life of Joanne at work, my aim is to make us number one go-to firm for litigation and, and dispute resolution. Love that. Which we already have a superb reputation as a firm, but I, I want to build on that and make us the leading firm in the area. For me personally, just more of the same because I'm loving work and loving life at home. So I'm intending to carry on doing that for a very long time excellent so I believe that you're um, into your fitness as well aren't you I am tell us about that I used to be a really keen runner and as part of that I started to do weight training and body combat to make sure that I didn't get any injuries but now I tend to just do that and nothing else because I I love it so much but uh, yeah the weight training is, is great definitely recommend it very therapeutic for stress relief at the end of a busy day yeah, excellent. And so I was interested in that you, you said you used to be a runner. What happened? Did you just fall out of love with it? Did you Were you injured? What, what happened? I've just fallen out with love for running at the moment, but that's just temporary. I'm sure I shall be back and doing more runs because, you know, it is a very easy sport to access. You don't need to get in the car and drive to the gym and it, it's cheap and you can run from home. and it, it, It's great, but uh, at the moment I'm I'm... 
I've lost my mojo for running. I still call myself a keen runner, even though I've just about 18 months ago, I, I tore a Achilles tendon and it was so painful. So it just set you back a bit, really. So it's about getting your mind back into that, isn't it, really? Because, you know, it's, I don't know whether it would happen again, but, you know, I could still do it. So it's, it's interesting then. And also your children. Tell us about your chil- your wonderful children. <laughs> you added the wonderful. <laughs> I, yeah. They might be listening. Well, like lots of women who work, and they also juggle running the family and running the home as well. We like to take on lots of things. And I've got three children. But at the moment, two of them are overseas. So I've just got a 16-year-old at home. I've got one in Japan and one in Beijing. And they're both teaching. So that's quite challenging. But it does mean that I get the opportunity to have some exciting holidays. Mm, fantastic. And uh, what about when they were small? What was the impact on your on your career? Or was there no impact? What, what happened about that? Tell us about how you managed to bring up your children while you were as a woman in the law. I did try at one time to work part-time so that I could spend more time at home with the first two when they were little, but it just didn't go well at all. I found that I either ended up doing just the same amount of work in less time or I found that people rang up wanting to speak to me and I wasn't there and so they rang up another firm and spoke to somebody else people are referred to you when they want you and but they they tend to want you when when they want you not when it's uh, convenient for you three or four days a week so I didn't think it worked very well with with the type of work that I do which sometimes can be quite critical so yeah a lot of juggling when the children were little and lots of different combinations of childminders and nannies and nurseries which is a little bit of a compromise but they've all survived relatively unscathed <laughs> although two of them have disappeared to the other side of the world <laughs> yeah You've got it well balanced there, Joanne. You've got your out-of-work activities. You've got your looking after yourself. What piece of advice would you give to... Because I'm into this you know, this whole well-being thing. When you start out in your business, it can be, as you've done before, in a single-minded way, go for your goals, go for your goals, go for your goals. And sometimes I've found, with myself as well as people I've I've worked with, that it's to the detriment of the other aspects of you. So we can focus on the health of our, the, the financial health of, of our bottom line. But what about the other bits, the the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, all those other bits of us. How would you recommend to somebody that they look after those aspects of you? And how important actually is it for you, do you think? I think it's important to find something outside of work that relieves your stress. So whether it's sport or or something else that you enjoy doing. But I think most importantly, believing in yourself and part of that is about remembering that those self-doubts that we all have are completely and utterly normal otherwise you can end up being very miserable as well and I'm thinking about all of those doubts that you have when you're thinking of doing something new whether it's a new venture a new job is am I good enough am I as good as somebody else am I actually competent will people want to come and use me how do they perceive me do they like me and actually thinking that it's just you that has those doubts and that everybody else is brilliant and thinks they are and they don't we all think that so don't beat yourself up I think yeah sound advice I think so what about in your in your team? You know, here at Ware and Kate. So you're the you've got a team you lead. What's your stance as a leader? I try to be a collaborative lawyer and 
getting people to reach decisions with me so that we can jointly move forward. I think that's really important. I, I, I don't believe in being dictatorial at all. And most of them are in senior professionals and, and have a lot to contribute and to tell me as well about yeah. how we should be doing things. Yeah, great. There's something about that open-mindedness, isn't there? Um, and so I just wanted to, you don't, you know, I, I don't want any names, of course, but in your work, you must come across some interesting stories. Are you able to share anything? Completely anonymous. I, well, I suppose... Something humorous, maybe. Oh, something humorous. <laughs> yes, you are humorous or bizarre. The things that people quarrel over, I'm just itching to know. Well, people quarrel over the smallest thing, actually, and I don't know whether it's humorous because a lot of the time it's it's actually quite sad, but one of the things is small pieces of land and who has the right to, to walk over them or drive over them. And that is one of the most common disputes that we have. So not very funny, but I mean, some some of the people I meet are, are delightful and then they will do something crazy, like putting a series of expensive gates across a right of way because they don't want yeah. their neighbour who they know has a right of access to, uh, to drive up and down it. Yeah. Uh, that's just quite common unfortunately it's uh, it's very interesting isn't it years ago we lived in a it was it was quite a new development it was a detached house and next door was another detached house but there was this bit of grass that went over the front of both areas of land and it used to drive my husband mad because the neighbor used to cut our grass because it used to make his front of his house look bigger and it was just so i just found it very funny but there is something isn't there this like this chimp just referring to the chimp paradox, Steve Peters' chimp paradox book. There is this thing about this thing comes out of us sometimes when, what is it, when our ego gets threatened in some way, I guess. Very interesting. You must see it every day. Yes, hedges, <laughs> branches of trees, rights of way, they, they are some of the things that people get most upset about when really there is another solution. And, and that's one of the things that we try to achieve is if we can get involved at an early stage is to try and resolve the dispute before it's got out of proportion and it, yes. and it stops being about a hedge anymore. It yes. becomes about personalities. Yes. yes, well, well done. What's the main qualities you have to have in your role to help those, to help your, your clients? A lot of it's about common sense. So right in the early days, just having a common sense approach to how something ought to be sorted out. It's about being aggressive where you need to be aggressive if you're in a dispute with somebody in terms of going to court, but also about being objective so that you don't get swept along with your clients mm. and, and the opposition's emotions because it isn't your battle. It's about trying to resolve it in the most cost-effective way for someone. So being firm but being uh, level-headed. Yeah. And that just reminded me of something that I was thinking about the other day in terms of what's the number one key quality that we need in a team, in a business? And anyway, the answer came out as assertive. Assertiveness is the number one thing that we all need. A bit of assertiveness. What do you think? Yes, being assertive, but also being polite, because there are other professionals who will actually be quite rude, and that's never acceptable, I don't think, in business. You can be assertive, but do it politely. Yeah, absolutely. So I love that. And 
Well, let's leave it on that. Assertive but polite. <laughs> thank you very thank much. Thank you so much, Joanne. So thank you so much for speaking with us. And yeah, thanks. It's clear from our conversation that Joanne always had extreme clarity about her career goal in life. Clarity of vision is absolutely critical if we want to grow as a person and a business. As a business coach, this is always a starting point when I work with a new client. It's also about understanding why we want to achieve that goal. So number one is get crystal clear, extreme clarity on where you're going. But then it's about why you want to go there. And that's something sometimes we don't really think about. What's the purpose of us achieving that? What's the benefits it's going to give us? How much do we really want it on a scale of 0 to 10? If it's only 6, what would it take to make it a 7? So why do you want to achieve that goal? What benefits will it bring you, your family, your friends? Is it reward and recognition? Is it money? What, what is it? What's the why? What's the purpose of it? It needs to be strong enough, otherwise there's a risk that we'll give up. So it's really important to be clear about that why. And Simon Sinek talks about that in his book, Start With Why. And then once we are clear about that, which can take a while, by the way, and it might change over time. But before we go off and launch into everything we need to do, it's then important to consider who we actually need to be to achieve those goals. And for that, we need to look at our thoughts As Joanne said, it's very easy to be thinking that the self-doubts you have, questioning whether you're good enough, comparing yourself with other people, do you suffer from the imposter syndrome, all these things. It's very easy to think that you're the only person with these self-doubt thoughts. But actually, as she says, it's something that the majority of us have from time to time. But it's how we deal with it. Do we just wallow in them and give up or do we acknowledge them and move on? So what we can do is to proactively decide who it is we need to be to achieve our goals. And we had a bit of a discussion, Joanne and I, about what the best qualities were in somebody who deals with dispute resolution, for example. But what are the qualities we need to do? What are the, how do we need to behave every day? And this is one of the things that I do in my employee engagement program. When I'm working with a business with bigger teams, we want to decide how do we need to behave if we are going to be the number one business in our industry. It's quite an easy, fun process. We take some time. We have a session in the program where we just take a block of post-it notes and just write down, take some time to think and write on these post-it notes the top behaviours. How do we need to behave as a team, individuals and a team, if we are going to want to be the best? So Joanne told us about her goal to turn the litigation department at Ware & Kay into the number one go-to firm for dispute resolution or litigation. What's going to be the number one thing for you? What's your, what do you want to be the best at in your business? And how do you need to behave? And how do you need all your team to behave to achieve that? And in this session that we do with the post-it notes, we just take a bit of time and everybody lists down all the behaviours that they think that they need to demonstrate on a daily basis. And then we put them up on the wall and put them into groups because people will have chosen the same behaviours. And out of those behaviours, we choose the top five. There's very rarely less than five, but so we normally choose the top five and we just have more and more discussion and we get absolute clarity on how it is that we think the team 
members need to behave on a daily basis if we are going to be the best. And then what happens is everybody commits to these behaviours and then they come back the next week and they recite the behaviours because they've learned them. They have to become part of you through and through like a stick of rock. And then they will talk about how they've actually demonstrated those behaviours during the week. And it's all about accountability. That's why um, business coaching works, by the way. It's accountability. It's about making sure that you do what you said you'd do. So if your top behaviour is to be caring with somebody, we want you to come back the next week and explain how you've been caring with somebody and get other people catching you being caring so that they copy your behaviour and it has a ripple effect across the whole organisation. And we can have fun with this, of course. It's great fun. So who do you need to be to be the best at what you want to do. I hope you've enjoyed this show. If you want to have a bit more discussion about how I might be able to help you or just a general conversation, then please do feel free to get in touch. Thanks for listening. See you next time. This has been your Ross Jones Bold Business Bits podcast show. If you'd like any further information about anything we've discussed today, please just get in touch go to businesscoachingyorkshire.co.uk. Please join me again next week when I'll be speaking with another phenomenal female business boss with bold business bits. And remember to subscribe to my show. Thanks for listening.